this will be my last fair. Are you kidding me? No, um, I've been here 20 years. It's time to move on, go to something else. Another door opens. I milked cows for 20 years, and I'll be at the fair for 20 years. And let's do 20 years of something else. What's it going to be? What's the next 20 years? I have no idea. That's the excitement <laughs> of it all. When you think of the New York State Fair, what comes to mind? The rides? The food? The animals? This podcast takes you behind the scenes of all of those to the amazing stories hiding underneath. Welcome to All's Fair. Hey, this is Pete Weiner, and we're here at the Great New York State Fair. And today we're talking about agriculture at the fair. So everything from cows and chickens and rabbits to honey and eggplants and everything in between. Today on All's Fair. My name is Mary Ellen Chesbro, but everybody calls me Mel. And I am the agriculture manager at the Great New York State Fair. That's great. Well, I mean, it must be a mix of bitter and sweet leaving the fair. It is, but I know I'm leaving it in very good hands. And the fair is an entity that has gone on forever. I mean, it's been around since 1841, and agriculture has been the main thing. And whether I'm here or not, agriculture will remain one of the main missions of this fair. And if not, I'll be writing letters to the editor about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. So what, for the last 20 years, what's it been like? What, what it, when you started 20 years ago to this last fair, uh, what, what has changed? How is it different? Obviously, the infrastructure mm -hmm. has changed a great deal. I mean, with taking out of the grandstand and that, but those kind of changes have provided a lot of opportunities for some new things mm -hmm. to be able to come upon. And the fairgrounds is a beautiful place. We've allowed it to have that historic end of it down by the center of progress mm -hmm. and that. So you've got that. And we have a lot of area here of some fantastic agricultural buildings. All this talk about agricultural buildings inspired us to go take a look for ourselves. Okay, we're just walking into the horticulture building now. And oh my gosh, there is too much to even grasp. There's so many things to look at and see. Right now, I'm smelling more than anything, and it is maple. That is the pr predominant smell here, maple everything. And that's because we've got the New York Pure Maple Producers stand, which takes up a good part of this building. Um, and we've got cotton candy, we've got tasty maple snacks, obviously pure maple syrup in all its fine forms. And these are not just any maple syrups. These are award-winning maple syrups, all different kinds of ribbons. This is something to see if you come into the horticulture building. Now we're coming into what a lot of people think of as the horticulture building itself. We've got vegetables and fruits that are winning awards for their beauty and perfection. Speaking personally, I've never seen a bunch of kale that looks like this. This is just the prettiest bunch of kale I've ever seen. We've got garlic, we've got plums, we've got cherry tomatoes, we've got Swiss chard. We've got a cabbage that I'm questioning whether it's made of plastic or not because an artist made this cabbage and that artist was Mother Nature. This is incredible. Moving over here, we've got other things that are out for display. Garlic, different kinds of garlic. Did you know that right now I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven different kinds of eggplants. I had no idea that there were that many varieties of eggplants. We've got eggplants that look like pumpkins, eggplants that look like hot peppers. It's incredible. Green eggplants, I didn't even know. There's just all kinds of herbs. There's thyme. If you want to know the difference between thyme, marjoram, savory, um, parsley, if you don't want to get your spices in order, then this is the place to come. 
honestly, the horticulture building, it seems like it's just a really good place to come if you want to appreciate what our area's agriculture has to offer in terms of not just variety, but also quality of fruits and vegetables. It's, it's honestly amazing and it makes me want to go home and start cooking. So right here in front of us, we've got probably a dozen different kinds of potatoes. And honestly, what you want to do is come here, look at the potato in, in, its, in the flesh, in, the, in its most natural state here, these award-winning blue ribbon winning potatoes, and then head over in the same building under the same roof to the baked potato bar and try one of these puppies out uh, to see how they taste. It's, it's more than how they look, it's how they taste too. And the best thing about it is it's only a dollar, one dollar for a beautiful baked potato. And that line looks long, but it sure does move fast. So go over and check it out. After I learned about maple sugar in the horticulture building, Mel continued our conversation about educating, or as Mel likes to say, edutaining fairgoers. I love educating. I was a teacher, I was a science teacher. And so to have this job as a teacher and a farmer, there was no better job to educate the people. Because, you know, people don't come to the fair to learn. They come to the <laughs> fair to have a good time. Right. So what we do, I like to say, is edutain them. Uh. We kind <laughs> of create something, an environment that is enticing, that they go into. And when they're there, we got them. And then yeah. we'll give them some information. And if they go away with some correct facts, then we've done our job. It's that light bulb going off, and mm -hmm. people don't realize it, and so that's why we've we've done a lot of things. And then this year with the steam exhibit, is something I've been trying for twenty years is to get science back into the science and industry building. Yeah, and we have science. Well, that steam like exhibit, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math—you couldn't ask for better. Oh my so, gosh! And they got different people coming in every day. We're taking DNA out of strawberries. We're taking uh, drones. You're going to be flying drones. You're going to be brazing things. It's a hands-on learning experience, and they can take that experience with them. And then, so it's been an evolution. The history exhibit, have you been to the history exhibit? Not yet. Oh my gosh, you've got to go. That was one of my other things I did here. Awesome history exhibit. It shows that a lot of people didn't realize that the fair started in 1841 and then for 50 years it traveled. Traveled all over New York State. It was in New York City. It was in Watertown. It was in Saratoga. It was everywhere. And it wasn't until 50 years later that businessmen decided to make it into Syracuse to be the main thing. Okay, got some no great idea. history in there. You really need to check it out. Well, You're going to learn something. It's You're going to go away and learn something. <laughs> edutainment. Exactly. It, it sounds like you're ending on a high note then. Oh, of course. Uh, you have to end on a high note here. This is a great fair with a lot of things here. And also this year we have the got a question, text it. And that I'm very anxious to see what happens because in my barns, as I walk through the barns, I see people saying to the person next to them, well, why is that goat's eyes like that? Or why is that goat's ears like that? Do they cut them off? And the fairgoer next to him says, oh yeah, they cut them off. Well, no, they don't, but the fairgoer doesn't know, so they're getting the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. And they don't know who to ask. You know, somebody's fitting their animal and they don't want to bother them. And right. who do I ask? Well, now we got signs in their barns. And I'm doing it this year in the sheep, the goats, the beef, and the rabbits. And what it says is, got a question about rabbits? Text it to this number. And my superintendent of rabbits or superintendent of goats 
will answer their question via text. Because a lot of people are kind of embarrassed. You know, I don't want to yeah. ask that question because they're going to think I'm a real dummy. You know, but that takes that that element of, you know, embarrassment or shyness away from somebody. They can get an answer and they're getting it from the right person. They're not getting it from the fair gore that is, thinks they know, but they really don't know. Yeah. So that's education again. Education We're teaching again. Them. Yes. Teaching them. So yes. About agriculture, let's go back to that because you've done that. It sounds like you did that for 20 years before and you're doing it for 20 years at the fair. Mm-hmm. Why, why is agriculture such an, a key part of the fair? Well, it's the mission of the fair. That's where it was all started. It all came together to have farmers coming together to find out. In 1841, nobody traveled. So they had to have this fair so people knew what breed of cow would do better, what crops are going to grow better in this climate. And then, of course, the farmers brought their wives, and the wives had their pies, and all of a sudden it was, wait a minute, my cow's better than your cow, my pie's better than your pie, and you got competition starting, then the kids had to come, so you now they had it in midway. So it all has revolved around that, and as we've come now, obviously the farmers are here showing their stuff, but this fair is the only place that many people ever have an opportunity to see a real cow milked. To actually see that chicken lay an egg, see the chicks. It's the first time, maybe only time, that they get to see the um, agriculture, to see these beautiful flowers, beautiful animals, and talk to the people that produced them and grew them and ask questions. And our horse tent, people can go in and find out everything they want to know about the world of horses. They can go to the birthing tent and find out everything about dairy and the birthing of animals. It's people need to know it's every food we eat the clothes we wear this is agriculture is our basis it's our infrastructure without agriculture you wouldn't be here taking mel's advice our first stop was the dairy cattle barn where we spoke to dairy farmer mike and his daughter ashlyn who is preparing her dairy cow for show so what's going on here today we're clipping the animals for show okay in order to make them look their best why they're shown without a lot of hair on them. So a dairy animal is supposed to be thin and the less hair they had on them, the thinner they look. That makes sense. And the thinner a dairy animal is means that she makes more milk. And that's the name of the game with dairy farming is to make more milk so that people can drink lots of milk economically. Yeah, exactly. Because if there was not much milk around, well, then it would be very expensive to have a milkshake or ice cream. Sure. So what are some other things that you've got to keep in mind when showing an animal other than making it sure it looks lean and lean and mean? Well, we wash them every day. Okay. So they get bath every day, and they have to be well fed and so that they're healthy and so that they do make a lot of milk. And they also have to be very tame and under control so they're not a danger to us or any fairgoers. For sure. This is, this. she is very well behaved right now. What's her name? Her name is Louise. Louise. Yeah. Louise is, we're standing directly behind Louise and she could knock us both over with one kick yeah. if she wanted to, but most, like you said, very well behaved. Most cows are, you know, they're used to being around people oh. and they're pretty docile. I mean, they don't, they're not very, uh, you know, not very aggressive. Sure. Is it true that uh, cows only produce milk when they're pregnant or uh, after, shortly after being pregnant? They have to give birth in order to, to start producing milk. Okay. And then uh, once the cow, cow has a calf, if her nature is you produce milk for the calf. And then these the dairy animal has been bred over the years to produce way more milk than the calf needs. 
so therefore the farmer harvests the milk and the excess milk that obviously wasn't needed to feed the calf is used for human consumption. Oh, excellent. Uh, whereas like a beef animal produces enough milk to feed its calf and that's it and then the rest of her energy goes to make a beef right. or muscle. Absolutely. So is it exciting to have like your, your kids in, involved yeah, in this? Yeah, it's always fun to have, see your children grow and, and develop and and learn what you do. Uh, it doesn't, I'm not a person that forces things on people, so if they don't enjoy, I mean not, cows are not for everybody or anybody, <laughs> so uh, if they don't enjoy it, why certainly they can go uh, other avenues. Sure. Uh, like the farming industry is is definitely a way of life. It's not. Uh, it's it's also a business, but yet it's something that you have to enjoy doing. Otherwise, you know, you do something else. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But you, you're all in so, if you're in. Huh? Yeah, more or less. <laughs> so <laughs> well, that's cool. You must be proud. I mean, you, you looked like your youngest was here shaving the cow, getting her ready to go, and the cow's about yeah. twice as tall as she is. Yeah. So they they grow up with them, so they don't have as much fear as some people would. Yeah. Uh, but there again, you also have to know the animal and know uh, where they are so that they're not put in a dangerous situation. Absolutely. Uh, so how many years have you been showing uh, cows? Probably four. Four years? Yeah. Are you excited for this year? Yeah. Luis looks like a winner. I, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, she looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you optimistic about your chances for the show? Uh, yeah. And uh, so what, did, what goes into getting a cow ready to go? Well, it takes a lot of practice. Usually every day that I'm at the farm, I will take like five to 10 minutes to just walk them around, make sure like they get like settled down, know how to like show like when you get in the ring. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And once you get to the fair, then what's it like? What do you do here? We, um, help. <laughs> we feed the cows and we help like flip them, get ready for them show that's tomorrow <laughs> oh yeah excellent well good luck with the show i'm sure you'll do great okay thank you our next stop is the youth building where not only can you watch eggs being hatched but you can even hold day old chicks put your hand out like this place a chick right here and cup your hand over its back so that it can't get away uh this is this is adorable like it's you can't describe like every easter advertisement you've ever seen doesn't hold a candle to actually seeing one of these things in real life it is so cute and so light and so fuzzy and just cheaping away oh my gosh i've seen a lot of grown chickens and they're not nearly as cute as these things it's amazing to think that these are t literally 24 hours old and still already able to like stand and cheap and eat and just do everything for themselves. My name is Liam Sayward, I'm with Clinton County 4-H and I'm here for State Fair because I'm a junior superintendent of the poultry department. That's so amazing. I'm one of the people that's doing the incubator display. So we're, we focus with the incubators. So we're doing all the incubator stuff. So switching them out days, we have incubators in the back for the every day of fair we have set groups of eggs that are set to hatch 
So what we do is, since it's 21 days, we have to start the eggs 21 days in advance, and then you start them on consecutive, you do them every single day. So these were day one eggs, so you can see they're all hatching on day one. And then tomorrow we'll bring day two, and then so on until we get to the end of the fair. Wow, that's amazing. So how many chickens will we go through by in the, in we'll the duration have, of the fair? It, you, we can't really predict that number because it depends. Some of them like don't hatch. Mm -hmm. So it, can, it, it it varies on your number, I guess. Excellent. So right now we're, we see uh, this sort of stand with some glass over it, and there's literally ch chicks hatching out of eggs. Is that right? Yep. So like, so these are the ones that are most likely to hatch the next in order. So like when they start, it takes 12 hours from when they first make their initial hole till when they actually come out of the egg. So this is the one that's most recently hatched. You can wow. see. The feathers are still all, they're not, because as you get old, like you can see the older ones are starting to fluff up, and then we get into ones you can hold, they're completely fluffed up. So, and that's also to prevent them from, it makes them smaller in the egg, so they can move around. Yeah. So, the, the other reason it takes 12 hours is they also rest in between, since they can only cut about half of the egg in half, and then what they do is they just, they push, and then they break the whole egg in half. Good grief. As you can see from the other eggs that have already hatched. Yeah, some of these are cut, it looks like, perfectly in half. Yup. That's amazing. And you can see, it looks like they're pretty sleepy after getting the... Uh... Yeah, because it's, it's a long... and uh, But they don't actually need food because they ingest the yolk. Oh. So they have 24 hours of like nutrients. So you don't have to feed them for 24 hours, technically. That's so you have about a 24-hour gap. Okay. And so after... So that's why you can ship chickens, like, they, they ship the old chickens. Yeah. Because you don't have, they already have all their nutrients. And then when they get to your house, you just feed them water and then they're good. Good grief. So how many chickens do you think you've either seen hatch or had a part in hatching? I've seen over a hundred. Wow. That's amazing. So this is... Because this I just... raise chickens at home. So... Okay, you do? Yes. How long have you raised chickens? So I've raised them since I was seven years old. And how old are you now? 17. So oh 10 wow, years. so 10 years. Oh my gosh. So tons and tons of chickens. That's amazing. Yep. And we just let people see them and hatch and then we transfer them into holding. And at the end of the fair, 4-H kids can actually take these chicks home and start their own flocks. Really? Yep. That's so cool. So it gives them a, a yep. head start on, on their own flocks. Right. And it also gives them a chance to learn about poultry. Wow. Well, thank you so much. This You're was welcome. awesome. It can be challenging to get up close and personal with a horse at the Great New York State Fair, so we stopped in at the World of Horses tent, which provides a safe environment for viewing, petting, and learning all about horses. Uh, so I'm Dr. Corinne Bump. I'm the Executive Director of the Cornell Crawford Extension in Madison County, and here I am the uh, coordinator for the World of Horses exhibit at the New York State Fair. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about what is the World of Horses exhibit. Sure, yeah. So this is our third year here, and it really began as a way for us to be able to reach out and let people get up close and personal with horses, have the opportunity to, to really interact with horses directly in a safe environment and allow them to ask questions of the people that own the horses cool. and help understand horses and the horse industry better. So for a lot of, obviously a lot of the animals here at the fair, they're just like in these big barns, you know, and mm -hmm. that you can kind of go around and walk and whatever. Yeah. 
but horses seem to be a little bit different. Yep, they are. <laughs> yeah, so? they're considerably different. So uh, horses are prey animals, and they have the largest eyesight of any land mammal. So they can see really well around them, which is a good thing, but it also means they can get startled easily if something comes in front of them that they didn't already see. And so as people move through the barns, particularly with balloons and uh, strollers and all that, it can make them more startled when something suddenly appears in a line of sight that wasn't there a moment ago. Okay. So uh, because of that, we uh, have to be really careful around the horses with people who don't understand how to be around the animals. So what can you tell people if they want to see horses here at the fair? This is a great place yeah, to come. Yeah, absolutely. So that's exactly why we're here, so people can come. Uh, we have five to six different breeds of horses all day long. Every half hour we have presentations, bring the horses out. They can interact with them, uh, touch them, answer, ask questions. They can't ride them, <laughs> but they get um, the opportunity to do all those things that they want to do in the barns, but here in this environment. Wow, so this is a safe space for the horses a, and for the people who is. love them. It is, it's safe for horses and the people and uh, it's, uh, it's a really great opportunity to touch a horse, to ask, ask questions about horses and hopefully feel like they want to even get more involved with horses. Yeah, and th I feel like horses have that sort of special connection with people. You hear a lot they about do. horse therapy, things like that. Absolutely. So what is it about these animals like, then, and the connection with their, you know, the people who love them yeah, that so makes them so special? They are, they're very special and of course there's all these quotes about the outside of the horse is good for the inside of man and our civilization was built on the back of the horse and I think a lot of that history ties to it but one of the reasons that horses have survived through so many epics historically is because they uh, are seek out companionship and they're curious so they are interested in seeing what's in front of them as long as you don't scare them and of course they're beautiful they have these gorgeous big eyes and they you know just there's something about them that's really attractive to people and they horses react very strongly to people which is why they're so good with therapy you'll see some horses that are uh, maybe high-spirited with one person, but then with a small child or on therapy, they're totally quiet and very calm, almost that they get a sense of what's going on. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah they're, they're uh, very special animals. So we're fortunate to be around them and have the opportunity to let so many people meet with them here at the World of Horses. Wow, and well, thank you so much for, yeah, for making bet. time for it. You bet, please come and visit awesome. us. Uh, we're here from uh, 10 to 8 every day. The horses are here until 7 o'clock. Okay. and there's uh, plenty of opportunities for people to get involved. Great, well thank you again. You bet, thank really you. Really nice to meet you. And no visit to the fair would be complete without a visit to the cutest animal of them all at the Great New York State Fair, the pigs. Well, we're standing here in front of um, very well-behaved pigs. Uh, they're not really acting out whatsoever. We've got probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight piglets, all in a pile, um, and they are adorable. I mean, there's no two ways about it. These are the, definitely the cutest thing I've seen all day, uh, including all the people at the fair. And um, we've got Mama Pig laying here uh, very close by, keeping a watchful, somewhat sleepy eye over her piglets. Um, no, uh, no question why the pigs, the swine, the piglets were named the cutest animal at the fair. Uh, it's really no context. No, it's really no contest. Um, they're near the llamas, and frankly, the llamas look a little jealous compared to these piglets, and I don't blame them. They are stealing the show 100%. We've probably got 25 people around the pigs. And what do you guys think? Adorable or what? Um, very, very cute. Probably some of the cutest pigs ever I've ever seen. 
I would have to agree. <laughs> so, what do you guys think of these piglets? They're so cute. They're I know. Adorable. <laughs> we recently did a poll about all of the animals at the fair. Mm -hmm. Who's the cutest? And what do you guys think? Like, what would your vote be? Yes, the pigs. The, the bunny pigs. is probably a close second. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you just look for a minute at like their snouts and their tails? Because those are definitely the cutest things I've ever seen in my life. Yes, they're so cute. The mom is huge. Yeah. That is a big pig. Hey, Scott. I'm Pete. Nice to meet you. Um, are these your pigs? Yes. These are the cutest pigs I've ever seen in my life. Probably. I mean, do you, when you, okay, look at, how about this? When you see these pigs, do you think about how cute they are? Or are they just like, like this is what you do, you see them all the time? I see them all the time, so they're, they're not, they're all cute. <laughs> they all have their own personality. They do all, they really? And they all are, like the little one, a pig on the big one, then he'll wander away and everybody else will start fighting or oh wrestling. You, you think they're fighting, but that's how they play. That's how they play. Yeah. So we did a poll, we worked for it with the fair and we did a poll um, online about cute animals at the fair. And we put out all these animals and had people vote out there in the internet uh, about who they thought was the cutest. And the, the pigs won, like hands down, far and away the cutest animal at the fair. Why do you think, why, why and if you look around this bar and people are clustered here at this one booth, or one stall more than the other, why do you think, what, pe what draws people to these pigs? The baby pigs, they're cute. and if like now it's hot out, so they're just kind of, they look like they're cold because they're kind of snuggled, but they're not that cold because they're not up against mom. But uh, later on when it gets cool and everything settles down, they'll start running around and playing. And oh my gosh. It's like going and watching the pig races down there. They're fun to watch run. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh my gosh. So what, what is your favorite thing about these animals? Like just, because they, they, there's a lot to them. I like the little pigs. I like to see them when they do get to playing. You know, you can clean their pens and they got fresh sawdust and stuff, and then they just make it to the track and around <laughs> the circles and they just fun. Oh my gosh. It seems like mom is, she's resting right now. Like she's, yeah, yeah, she is. She's resting, she's resting at the moment. How old are those pigs? They're nine days today. Are you serious? Nine yeah. days, that's yeah. it? Yeah. So she's fresh off of labor. My yep. goodness. Yep. No wonder she's resting. Thanks so much, Scott. I yes, really sir. appreciate it. Yes, good sir. to meet you. Have a good day. Me too. Thank yes, you. Sir. All right, let's wrap up by going back to Mel for some more insider tips. So if somebody came to the fair and like they've been coming for a few years, say, mm -hmm. and they've seen, you know, the cows and this and that, what what's the one thing that maybe is off the beaten track a little bit that they should maybe pay a little more attention to this year? Well, I hope they go into the Agriculture Museum and Carriage Museum oh. because those museums are absolutely full of where, why we're here today okay. and where we came from. I used to have a trivia trail that I used to try to make people deviate because everybody parks in the same parking lot, yep. goes through the same gate, yep. eats at the same stand, enters the center of progress and the same thing gets their butter sculpture, they look at it, they get their milk, same old, same old. Yeah. Well, it isn't. You got to deviate. You know, try parking in a different lot, go in a different way, and you're going to find things that you never even knew existed. It's a big fair. It is a huge fair. You really can't do it all in one day. If you do it properly, you really can't because of the stuff that we've got in here. 
Um, maybe okay. Maybe they didn't know there's ten thousand animals that come through here during the fair. Ten thousand. Ten thousand uh, animals between our pigeons and our rabbits and our horses and our lambs and our goats and our sheep and the llamas. Yeah, we got. That's a whole Noah's Ark. Of, yes, it of is. Yes, it is. It's all different animals that are here. That's awesome. And forage and grain and flowers. Yeah, that's yes. true too. That's a whole other oh, side of it. We've got a hemp exhibit here. Really? Yes, for the first time. I've been trying to get a hemp exhibit here because when I read about a couple years ago about why hemp became illegal and the whole background, I was fascinated. And really, the plant got a bad rap. So it's an educational opportunity. And at that point, it was becoming legal to finally, once again, grow commercial hemp. I said, this is a time for people to understand what hemp is and where it came from and why it was made illegal and why it should not it should be legal now. Right. So it was fascinating to right. me. It so, is fascinating. And so we have one now. In the horticulture building, there is a hemp exhibit. You have the wine seminars that are in the horticulture building. You have the market in the horticulture building where you've got the marketplace. You've got the Taste New York. You've got maple, honey, and they've got new things there. You've got forage and grain, Cobleskill, Morrisville, wood dollar potato, of course. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the Milky Buns is a new stand in the Dairy Products building. Mm -hmm. And you've got the butter sculpture, you must see, with the 100th anniversary of the state troopers. Do you know this was the first place the state troopers were their first assignment was at the state fair, and part of that assignment was entertaining the fairgoers. They go. used to get on horses and, and make pyramids. Pictures of that are in the history exhibit if you happen to go to the history exhibit. Yes. Wow. Well, we, we did come to the right place. Yes, for you all did. The information. Moo tours. We got the moo tours. <laughs> what are what are moo tours? We hired a group that would be able to um, take fairgoers into different barns and give them once again correct educational things about our different barns, and they're free. And they're on every hour from 10 to 5. And right now they're located behind the Agriculture Museum. Oh, the Agriculture Museum back of it is beautiful now. And um, they're located there with the tours. And we might be moving them closer to a barn. So I don't want to say for sure that they're going to be there. They may move. Okay. And the mounted police, oh, you got to see them, the drill team. The drill team is like five times a day, and they are <gasps> awesome. Once again, celebrating their 100th anniversary, and it's wonderful. They come right by here, they're really beautiful. Excellent. Mel, thank you so much for making time for us today. It was just fascinating hearing your stories. So we saw cows, we saw horses, we saw chickens, we saw bees, we saw vegetables, we saw flowers, we saw every imaginable aspect of agriculture here at the fair today. Not to mention an awesome conversation with Mel on her last year of 20 years of agriculture at the fair. It was where the fair started, and it's still the backbone of the fair today. And there's still time for you to come on down to the fair, check it out, check out the rides, check out the agriculture, check out the food, check out the midway, everything. Come on down to the fair, there is so much to see, and there's still time to find your great at the great New York State Fair. 